Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This episode contains explicit language. Welcome to Mom and Dad are Fighting Slate's parenting podcast for Monday, September 5th, the Vacation House Havoc edition. I'm Elizabeth Newcamp. I write the homeschool and family travel blog, Dutch Dutch Goose. I'm the mom of three littles, Henry, who's 10, Oliver, who's 8, and Teddy, who's 5. We live in Colorado Springs, Colorado. I'm Jamila Lemieux, a writer, contributor to Slate's Care and Feeding Parenting column, and mom to Naima, who's nine, and we live in Los Angeles. I'm Zach Rosen. I make the Best Advice Show podcast. I am dad to Noah, who just turned five, and to Ami, who is nearly two. We live in Detroit. Today, our listener just wants a fun family vacation, but her laid-back approach clashes with her sister's strict nature. Can they share a vacation house and still keep the peace between all the cousins? will weigh in. But first, we wanted to jump into our mailbag. Following our episode, Bluey Knows Best, we reached out to find out what you and your kids thought about Bluey. And it seems like you all love him as much as we do. I am Emily and I am seven years old. And you like the show Bluey? Yes. What do you like about it? I like that it's funny. And it has dogs and I like dogs and it and it just makes me feel home and it's like it's like hilarious and it and I watch it a lot and that's like good and it really gets me it really gets that trigger that makes you laugh yes who's your favorite character uh muffin muffin which episode do you like with muffin sleepover sleepover what does she say my name is Boo Boo Papu. What's your favorite episode from this season? Like season three? Uh-huh. Ooh. Unicorns. Very good. Hi, my name is Asher. I'm 10 years old. I like Bluey because of the characters. Bingo says the most hilarious things, like when she pretends she's an old granny named Rita. Louie's dad does the most outrageous funny things. One time he chased Louie and Bingo with a magic xylophone. I also like that they see cool animals like kangaroos. I love to watch Louie. Tell me what you call Nora sometimes that you learn from Louie. You big girl. We also got this letter. One parent writes, Personally, one of my favorite things from the new season, in addition to the usual bluey wholesomeness, is that this time they chose to make Bandit a little more relatable as a parent. He's still got more energy and a better attitude than basically any parent I know, but this season, he's not always perfect in how he interacts with the kids. He says things that inadvertently hurt their feelings, and sometimes he overfocuses on what he wants to get out of a game or interaction, rather than what the kids really need at the moment. It's refreshing and more realistic. I feel sad for anyone who has older kids and miss the bluey boat because it is a total fave well thanks for all these great voicemails you guys we got voicemails from kids like age 10 who love it we got voicemails from babies saying bluey stuff it's amazing we also got a voice memo with some advice for zach 
about how this listener handles summer camp. Hello, mom and dad are fighting. I am calling in response to Zach's story about his daughter going to day camp and having difficulty with the transition to a new environment every week. If your child will be in day camp for the majority of the summer, it might be better for them to go to a more traditional program that they can be enrolled in for the whole summer. I know in my town, there are many community organizations, museums, zoos, that offer really cool sounding weekly summer camps that appeal to kids' interests. And a lot of my friends with older kids seem to be having a lot of the same struggle as Zach's family. The kids have to go through that transition every week to a new environment, new people, new rules, etc. It's hard. Growing up, I spent all summer at a day camp and that camp became a community just like school. I had close friends, the staff knew me and cared about me, and there was even some continuity throughout multiple summers. Shout out to the Homewood, Illinois JCC for my great summer memories. Many YMCAs, JCCs, and community rec centers will offer this kind of program. Of course, every kid and family is different, but some kids might do better with a consistent routine, some kickball, crafts, and free play. I posted something similar on the Facebook group and many people responded saying that it was very hard to get into a longer summer camp in their community. That is a very valid concern. Summer care is something that needs to be brought up when we talk about the child care crisis. Children need care and activities for a long time until they're much older and very few parents have a nine month schedule. So thanks for listening to my response and thanks for putting out this podcast that I have appreciated for a long time. Thank you for this. Yeah, I'm not trying to be defensive when I say I would have done this, but the camps that she was at had like limited runs. So like one camp only was open for four weeks. So, but yes, I, I, I take your point completely. And though now I think she has gotten kind of used to some of the disruption, but still I would opt for the same camp throughout the whole summer if there is one that she would like. And I heard there is one in Detroit that I found out about that's like, a fifth of the price of the ones that we sent her to um because camp is too expensive so i'm going to try this cheap fun one that i heard about next summer i'll report back yeah let us know how it goes i do like though with camps like one of my favorite things over the summer was getting to try a whole bunch of different things like even though i had to make new friends it was like but i got to cook one week and i got to play tennis one week like i i liked that breath not depth right yeah totally Well, let's take a quick break, and when we come back, we will dive right into our listener question. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We're back. Take it away, Shasha. Any advice on navigating different family cultures when vacationing in close quarters with extended family or friends? Twice a year, we'll spend a week in a vacation house with my sister and her family. My husband and I have a pretty lenient policy towards screens, which has resulted in our son, who is just turning five, enjoying shows and video games, but knows they'll be available later so can take them or leave them if there's something more fun to do like play with his cousins. 
My sister and her wife have an incredibly strict screen policy, and as a result, her kids are obsessed with screens. If a phone or iPad is anywhere around, they have a very hard time doing anything else. As you can imagine, this causes a lot of conflicts when we spend time together. Either we have to not allow screens during these vacations, which feels like an unfair punishment to my son, or let him kind of secretly play with them behind closed doors without his cousins knowing, which feels weird and sneaky. This could go for anything, though. All families have different rules. Yes juice, no juice. Must eat veggies before dessert, or not, etc. So how do you all deal when multiple nuclear families share an intimate space? Thanks. Seeking vacation balance. First things first, I think it's so valuable when our kids get to see the way other people live um, intimately. I think it's like really cool um, when they realize, oh, just because we do it this way doesn't mean this is the only way. So I, I like that. But but the, the main point here is seeking vacation balance. Just talk to your sister and get on the same page before this vacation starts with screen time. Figure out a policy that feels good to both of you. And then when you arrive... Um, at your destination, just stand up in front of the kids and be like, here's how it's going to be. We are going to have this much TV and uh, you're going to enjoy it. And if if you uh, whine about it, then we won't have it at all. You know, merge your policies for this one week. You can be a little bit um, less lenient and they can maybe be a little bit more open. Yeah, I think, you know, it's worth having a conversation before a trip and just establishing certain things like screens are kind of big. So you might want to say, hey, you know, I was thinking maybe we should like schedule some screen time into our schedule for vacation just because I don't want it to become a whole thing. You know, we let our little one have some every, you know, a little time each day. What do you think about letting the kids have screens before lunch or, you know, having screens before dinner? Like, I think you should ritualize them as opposed to just going with the all screens ban or having your son somewhere hiding by himself with a tablet, which kind of sucks and defeats the purpose of being on vacation. But like Zach says, I think it is good that, you know, your kids get to see how other people do things. And sometimes it's fine to adapt to that. Like, we haven't done any real travel with other families yet, but we've stayed with my sister and her husband and my nephew. And, you know, their household rules and the way they do things are a little bit different than ours, you know? And, like, I tend to be more along the lines of, like, okay, we'll go along with the flow. You know, if if they're saying we're not doing this right now, then we're just not doing this right now. It's not a huge deal. Um, we're visitors. We're trying something different. You know how we do things when we're at home, and we can do them that way then. Um I think also talking to your son about that, right? And so he may end up getting less screen time that he would have wanted because, you know, you want to be mindful of the fact that your sister and her wife have a different policy. But I think that, you know, it's okay for him to hear, you know, you get pretty free reign over your screen. You get to use it most of the time when you want to, you know, or you get to use it every day. Your cousins don't have it like that. And so we're going to be mindful of that when we're together and we're going to be fair. We don't want them to feel bad. And so we're going to do things a little bit differently. Elizabeth, I know you've done vacations with other families and it seems like you have spent a lot of time with other families kind of blending rules. How would you navigate something like this? We do like to travel with other people because it's more fun for the adults. (laughs) Um, but I think the communication is so key. Like before we share a house or anything like that, I just tend to say kind of like, here is how we 
approach screens? What is your approach? You know, are you guys a like we watch a show before bed so that I have a good sense of what's going on? I will say when we went to Texas, one of the families was like this. They don't do any screens. And so the presence of a screen in and of itself um, is a problem. And then on top of that, this house we rented had a like Pac-Man um, video game machine. And, you know, the first thing that happened is that the, the family without that doesn't do any screen time, their kids wanted to be on it all the time. And so it very quickly became like, we're going to need to have a policy for this. And the adults just sort of said like, okay, we're going to set a timer. We're going to have so much time on here. I find for the screen time, I use it as a break. So we do kind of do the hideaway, but I just say, hey, we're going to do some downtime and, you know, my kids are going to go into our room, use the iPads, watch a show, like whatever, if if they don't want to do that and just have that kind of scheduled and sort of say, whatever your kids would do during that downtime, this is the time where they need to go do it. Yeah, I think that's a great point, Elizabeth, because inevitably when cousins are playing or kids are spending a bunch of time with other families in a in a confined space it just can turn really quickly really easily so to build in that spaciousness i think you know for screen time or whatever but just to separate them you know on on a kind of schedule is really smart we also do like for for juice and food and stuff like that my kids have just gotten used to me saying like different families different rules um because some of our eating rules are based on like health stuff like the the henry can't have dyes and so just like as a family we try not to eat food with dye in it we don't really do um juice at very frequently at all but definitely not in the evening if we're going to do a dessert we prefer to do it kind of earlier in the day all of those things were kind of designed to help Henry and they're things we've just adopted as a family and so uh, you know I always say though like different families have different rules and so when we travel with people we do talk about those like I let people know these are my rules but if your kid has juice every night at dinner it's one I don't care and two I don't want you to have a total meltdown because we have this rule um and the kids really do okay you know just like different families, different rules. Um, There's all kinds of things that we do as a family that other families don't do. And there are things that they do that we don't do. And, And it doesn't always have to be fair or even. I think the important part is like massive amounts of communication about it so that there aren't problems or aren't surprises. And I also think in this case, like it's not unreasonable to ask your sister to relax a few of her rules, right? Like Uh, just for the sake of fun. I know when we travel, there's a lot of these opportunities of things we wouldn't do at home, you know, like, oh, someone, one of the parents goes out and comes back with ice cream sandwiches. We're not going to be like, well, you can't have those, (laughs) you know, like why everyone else eats them. I just think there are chances to say like, yeah, we don't watch a lot of TV, but maybe a show, you know, after we swim, but while the parents make dinner makes a lot of sense. And there's a lot out there that is, that is fine to watch. I just think that if you talk about that um, beforehand, like, A lot of parents are okay with like a nature documentary or something, right? But they don't want to watch some cartoon or get kids into some kind of series. All of that is like easily discussed, in my opinion, um, to just say. And then again, you can just say, this is what the adults have decided is available to watch, right? Like like presenting the screen time. This is what we're going to do. We've talked about it. So we're all on the same page. I, I think the real issues come when you either don't know what to do or like one parent who's not. (laughs) like red in turns on the tv right now you feel like well i have to get these kids to not watch or like we agreed to watch this thing but we're not comfortable with it so i think over communicate 
while seeking vacation balance, please let us know how your next family gathering goes. Everyone else, have you ever experienced anything like this? Or do you have some advice for our letter writer? Let us know by emailing us at slate.com. That's also where you can send us any questions of your own. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's finally time for recommendations. Jamila, what are you recommending for us this week? I am recommending a couple of recipes that I found online, and I tried them last week, and they were so great that I made them again this week. I was craving chocolate cake. Maybe the Oreo shenanigans had put it in my mind, and so I decided to find a chocolate olive oil cake recipe, and there was a great one from the New York Times cooking section. You need to go on ahead and grab it if you're not a subscriber because, like, it'll let you see it. And then when you go back to make the cake next week, they'll be like, you have to pay for this. So I am now a subscriber to the New York Times cooking section because they got me. But the chocolate olive oil cake is so moist and so good. I reduced the flour by two tablespoons because the first time I made it, I didn't realize it was supposed to be one cup and two tablespoons of flour. And so it was perfect. And then the next time I made it, I used all the flour and it was a little drier. But it is really, really delicious. And I topped it with a chocolate glaze recipe that I found from allrecipes.com, which has no paywall. And it is amazing. And you will love it. And it's all fairly, very simple to make. Tell me about this glaze. The glaze is just chocolate, butter, vanilla, sugar, and I think that's it. Um, and it is super, you melt, you melt the cocoa powder and it's actually cocoa powder. Cause in the past I've done glazes with, um, you know, semi-sweet chocolate, uh, it's like cocoa powder and butter. And then you melt that and then you add the sugar and the vanilla, you stir it up. Um, and then you add a little water to get it to the desired consistency. And it's just like lick it off your fingers delicious amazing it dries perfectly on the cake i'm not a big icing person i like glaze better than i do frosting frosting can be really really sweet it's so good and i made the cake with um grand marnier because you can it's calls for a half a cup of either mm. 
Yeah, because it calls for a half a cup of either water, red wine, coffee, or I forgot what the other option was. And so the first time I did, I did half water, half Grand Marnier, and you couldn't really taste it. The second time I did all Grand Marnier instead of water. And I think I liked the, like the first one was better, but the nice little orange flavor on it is pretty good. Not overwhelming at all. Sounds great. I have a recommendation that is uh, much simpler, but I'm finding... uh, to, to be really helpful for me. I've been in a slump. I've been in a cooking slump. I've been feeling not quite burnt out. Like I still like cooking, but I just haven't had much energy like when it's time to make dinner in the evenings, let alone think about my own lunch during the day. I work from home. And um, I've just been finding that keeping it super simple for my solo lunch, usually eaten at my desk, um, works okay with apple and peanut butter, just a sliced apple and a couple tablespoons of peanut butter. It gets me through the day. It's really simple. It gives me some energy. Peanut butter's peanut butter. It's like the greatest. Um, and it just like, I, I can't cook for my, I'm not going to cook a meal for myself for lunch. And it's so much better than going out. And uh, yeah, like a pink lady with some peanut butter does my body good. So um, I ate that today for lunch, though right now it, as of this recording time, it's 2.20 and I am kind of hungry, I'm going to be honest. So depending on like, you know, my breakfast, it, it might not be able to sustain you all the way through dinner, but it's a pretty substantial snack. I don't even know if I'd call it a lunch, but I, I do typically eat it around lunchtime and uh, find it delightful. I also, when the, when the kids are not around or even if I've packed their lunches, a simple lunch for me. Like I do just like hummus and a couple of vegetables, you know, just like I cannot be bothered to be in the kitchen <laughs> anymore. I don't want to cook anything. Um, okay. I found something really fun, but of course really weird. Uh, I don't know if you have a game of guess who at home, but I found one at the thrift store, but I wanted to, of course, try to make it educational. So I was Googling and on Etsy, I found hundreds of little cards that you can buy. It's like $4. You print them at home and you can turn your guess who into anything. And I first did birds because we did a bird study. Then I found a black history one, which is great because this curriculum I'm using from Blossom and Root for science, each science kind of wonder that we're doing gives us someone from black history that participated in that field and so the names are on it too along with the pictures so the kids are like this person did this you know was like this scientist and so it's awesome and they get to see their faces there's also like bluey there's the office there's all of these there's dinosaurs there's vehicles there is everything I um, am gonna link though to the birds the black history and the bluey because they're super fun they literally pop in. You print them at home on cardstock and they just pop right in. And you can find- How do you fix it to the board? Cause you gotta pop in the ones that it comes with. Yeah, 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 I gotta pop them. They're just card, you just print them on cardstock. Oh, wow. Cut them and put them in. That's it has elegant. like, cha- I'm like, this game is now, <laughs> it's like we can play anything with it. You could also just make your own. I mean, there's no reason why you couldn't write elements on it or or spelling words or whatever you wanted right and set the rules but it's really fun because i i like playing it it's a great game for kids because you're getting them to describe things and um but all of a sudden i feel like now we're solidifying names of people we've you know learned we're learning about these birds that we had learned about just a way to kind of do that so 
Um, I'm sure you can make your own, but there are, if you go to Etsy and you Google guess who cards, you will find everything, but I'll link to the three that we're using. Amazing. And you know how like in the original guess who, this is a little guess who aside, there's like all men and then like Anita and Maria and, and like there's like four women and it's always it, it's it's crazy um and it didn't strike me as crazy until my cousin recently told me the story um that i forgot when she was like seven or eight she um was a big guess who fan but noticed like what the fuck how are there four women and like 30 dudes um and so she wrote the company when she was seven or eight and she recently found that letter um that she wrote and they were and they wrote certain, she was just saying like you know i don't think this is fair i think you need to look into it and i think they they wrote back saying like thanks for thanks for your concern of course they didn't uh change the game um but now it sounds like we can just make our own guess who just make your own you could do your family i just was thinking about all these ideas but that's also a lot of work so people on etsy have done it for you and they're like four dollars it's like so great it was so, so great cool. i love it so much it's very cool um, so go check that out well, that's it for our show. We will be back in your feeds on Thursday, so be sure to tune in. While you're at it, please subscribe to the show and give us a rating and review on Apple or Spotify. This episode of Mom and Dad are Fighting is produced by Rosemary Belson, Anna Phillips, and Christy Tywo Macanjula. For Jamila Lemieux and Zach Rosen, I'm Elizabeth Newcamp. Thanks for listening. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.